Greetings, Rebel fans. My name is Jason Kelly, and this is the Let's Run Podcast. Today in the show, as the season is winding down, I figure why not do a preview podcast before every game for the remainder of the year. Today, we'll be previewing the Running Rebels this Saturday, uh, tomorrow if you're listening to this, uh, going up against the San Jose State Spartans in a must-win. Let's get into it. All right, so the Spartans are coming into the Thomas and Mac on Saturday uh, in a rematch from the game that UNLV played against them up in California. Uh, in that game, the Rebels won by 12, largely due to a 14-shot-in-a-row streak that the Rebels went on to end the game. Uh, at that time, the Rebels were coming off of the awful loss to... Um, Air Force by 32 at home. Uh, they were down by seven or so at the half. Things were not looking up. Uh, I would say that that 7-0 run that the Rebels did, um, or sorry, that 14-shot-in-a-row run that the Rebels did against San Jose State was kind of a turn, uh, a season-defining moment for these guys. When their offense started clicking and they started playing better on the defensive end, you could see the wheels start turning for the team. And I'm sure that San Jose, who was coming off of a very close loss uh, to the Aztecs in San Diego, um, are going to be itching to get back at the Rebels. Uh, the Spartans have had kind of a rough year in the Mountain West. They've got two wins, both against Air Force. Um, and besides that, they don't have any wins in the conference. So I'm sure that they're going to be doing everything they can to kind of end their season on a hideout and come into the Thomas and Mac and upset the Rebels like they did last year. I think a lot of people forget last year because uh, our team fell apart so badly in conference play. But last year, San Jose came into the Thomas and Mac and uh, they won a pretty convincing game, 75 to 66. And so hopefully uh, this year, maybe some of the guys that run the team last year have that on their mind and they can uh, turn the season around and get, you know, get some positive momentum heading into their huge matchup against San Diego State. Let's go over the Spartans roster. So San Jose is led by Myron Amy, uh, who is a 6'2 guard, a very dangerous player, good from the free throw line. Uh, decent from three uh, at a 39% clip. Um, shoots almost 50% from the field. He's a good player. Uh, they also have Alvaro Cardenas, who is, again, a pretty good free throw shooter. Um, uh, sorry, three-point shooter, shooting 38% from the field. Um, they have a guy named Adrame Dion, who is a sophomore, huge, big guy down low in the paint. Uh, he's been dealing with some injuries lately. So I'm not sure that he will be available for the game on Saturday. Uh, but they round out their rotation. It's not a very deep rotation with uh, Goriner, who is a 6'9 forward. Uh, again, a pretty good shooter, 33% as a forward. And Trey Anderson, uh, who again is a 6'7 forward who likes to pull from the three. So this, this Spartans team can shoot it from deep. Um, they don't defend very well uh, right now in conference. Uh, their offense is ranked uh, as the worst offense in the Mountain West Conference at 11th, and their defense is ranked second worst at 10th. 
they play at a decently fast pace, uh, sixth in the conference. Um, and yeah, they're kind of struggling, but what they do well is shoot the ball from three. And they tend to shoot the ball from three well early on in the game and then kind of falter as the game goes on. And so a big key for the Rebels here is going to be preventing uh, San Jose from getting going early and starting out the game uh, pretty fast. Uh, again, you know, the San Jose is coached by Tim Miles, who is one of the best coaches in the league. Uh, it's pretty unfortunate that he's up in San Jose. One, because it makes the Spartans a more dangerous team, but in two, uh, because I think he deserves to be at a better place. Uh, right now, the UNLV defense is ranked 7th in the conference. That has gone up. We were ranked 9th uh, earlier in conference play. Uh, but uh, we have gone up recently. Our performance against Colorado State was excellent. Performance against Wyoming was excellent. We didn't play terribly until the end against Reno. Um, and so, you know, a lot... A lot of positives going into this game for the Rebels, but uh, it's most certainly what I would call a trap game in that the Rebels have uh, San Diego State, you know, the bane of their existence, the big bad San Diego State, uh, coming to the Thomas and Mac on Tuesday night in what will be probably the highest attended game of the year. Uh, that is if the Rebels are able to beat San Jose State. Uh, and so there's a lot of chances for the Rebels to kind of, you know, look past this Spartans team, and it's imperative that they don't. And I know that the coaches, uh, from what I've heard, have been harping on the guys, hey, these guys are good. Do not look past them. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be all over us. Um, and so I would expect a good effort from the Spartans team. Uh, right now, Ken Palm has the Rebels winning this game 78-65, to uh, which would be a 13-point margin of victory. Uh, if the Rebels want to really boost their chances, uh, one of making an NIT or an NCAA tournament, uh, or two, you know, just kind of building confidence. I would think that the Rebels have to come out firing in this game. Uh, defensive intensity, two and eleven, um, and kind of win this game by a lot, uh, which is possible. However, um, I know San Jose State won't, you know, die lying down. They're going to play hard. Tim Miles coach teams always play hard. And so I would expect San Jose to come out. Uh, they'll probably throw some zone looks at the Rebels, 1-3-1 zones, which have been problematic for the Rebels' offense all year. Um, probably some 2-3 or 3-2 action. Tim Miles will pull out all the stops uh, to beat this UNLV team. And as long as the Rebels are on defensively and playing physical down low, I do expect them to win this game. I have the Rebels winning. Uh, somewhere between 10 and 15 points right now. I'll give my official prediction when I do my uh, pregame post tomorrow. But uh, this is going to be a big game for the guys. Uh, if the Rebels come out focused and look good, uh, it's going to set up a showdown against the Aztecs like we have not had since probably 2014, 2013. I mean, it's been a long time since the Rebels have had a, have had a good home game against the Aztecs in San Diego. And I expect the guys to be, you know, very ready for that game. However, they got to get through San Jose first. So let's hope they do. Uh, you know, keys to the game, like I already said, start off fast, play physical. Um, don't worry too much if your shot isn't falling. Uh, one, one place where the uh, Spartans are vulnerable is they're not a great rebounding team. 
So even if we're not shooting well, if we just play hard and rebound the ball well, going after offensive rebounds where appropriate, I do think the Rebels are going to be able to come out victorious in this game. So uh, this will be a short podcast, but I wanted to, before we go, take a look around the league, kind of give you an update about where teams are, where they stand. And I will go over um, an article that I wrote detailing Rebels postseason chances. So the Rebels right now currently sit in fifth place, uh, San Diego State, Boise State, Reno, and Utah State are above them. Uh, Reno is above them, even though they have the same record because of their victory over the Rebels in the Thomas and Matt uh, in a game where, you know, the Rebels kind of gave it away at the end. San Diego State beat UNLV at Viejas uh, in our conference opener. Uh, Boise State, while the Rebels do hold the tiebreaker over Boise State uh, because of their victory, uh, currently is at four losses tied with Utah State in first place in the conference. Uh, Boise State still does have to travel to San Diego State, and they have two tough home games against Reno and New Mexico um, coming up. So if the Rebels were to finish tied with Boise State at five or six losses, uh, the Rebels having that tiebreaker would pass them in the standings. Um, Reno, the Rebels could have a chance to pass them if uh, Reno were to lose at Boise State and then lose to the Rebels on their home court. Um, New Mexico, as long as the Rebels win one of their final two games, given that they beat San Jose State, New Mexico, nor Colorado State will pass them. So the Rebels just make, need to make sure that they finish top five in the conference, uh, which right now they've got a good shot of doing, uh, a very good shot of doing, uh, setting them up for a matchup with the uh, fourth team, which you'd probably hope to be Reno and not seen, uh, and then not Boise State, because I think Boise State's playing very well right now. So that's kind of where things stand in the conference. The Rebels, through their victories, have done a decent job of making it so that they've, you know, they've got a chance to uh, end up with a first-round bye in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Uh, they were finished to pick sixth in the preseason, and so finishing you know, fifth or above would be, would be a good sign. You know, the Rebels finished fifth in the Bryce Hamilton year, but lost kind of a, a frankly a ridiculous game to Wyoming. So a top five finish gives you a chance to make a run in the Mountain West uh, Conference Tournament. If you don't finish in the top five, you're not going to make a run. That's just kind of the way it goes. Uh, But if you do, you got a chance. And so, yeah, that's kind of where things stand in the conference. And I wrote an article breaking down and detailing UNLV's postseason chances. Uh, You can check it out on my Substack. uh, Check it out on my Twitter account. But I'll run through the scenarios uh, uh, for UNLV possible postseason. Well, then, although the odds are very slim, it's worth bringing up just because, you know, we need a little hope as Rebel fans. So let's go through that. So using Bart Torvik's computer models, uh, I was able to run through a lot of different scenarios for the Rebels um, and, you know, their possible chances of making any sort of postseason run. Uh, As of right now, the Rebels are not projected to be in the NCAA tournament, obviously. Uh, It's pretty frustrating because uh, the computer system allows you to change results of games that happened in the season. Uh, If the Rebels, you know, had just beaten Southern, uh, Loyola Marymount, and Air Force, basically if they didn't have any quad four losses, or even just, you know, only lost one of those, if they'd won two of those three, uh, the Rebels would be a projected NCAA tournament team. 
And that's not even taking into account getting robbed against Utah State, choking against Reno, it's choking against St. Mary's, which is a game that you know, I don't think a lot of people remember. Um, it's a pretty big bummer, you know, but the Rebels aren't completely out of it because um, if they were to win out and then win a game in the Mountain West Conference Tournament, that would put them squarely on the bubble. So victories against San Jose State, San Diego State, and then Reno on the road. And the Rebels, frankly, are just as good on the road, if not a little bit better on the road than they are at home. The Thomas and Mac is not a great home court advantage for, for the guys, mainly because it's, it's just a little too big. Um, and the fans, a lot of them don't seem to know how to, how to cheer on a team, uh, especially when you're in that big of an arena with that many empty seats. Um, it's going to take a couple of years of sustained success to get the Thomas and Mac back to you know what it used to be. However, um, if the Rebels were to win out, which would give them likely a four or a three, they could even get as high as two technically, um, feed in the conference tournament, um, and then beat a team, say Colorado State or uh, New Mexico or Boise State or San Diego State, whoever, um, in the arena, uh, in the conference tournament and get to 21 wins. Uh, that wouldn't be enough to put the Rebels on the bubble. It might not get them into the Mountain West, to, to the NCAA tournament. Uh, 21 wins is, you know, they, they, they might need 22, if I'm being honest with you. Um, however, you know, 21 is the bare minimum that they would need. Uh, that would be four more games, winning out or, you know, losing one and then winning two in the Mountain West tournament. They, they'd have a shot. Um, now... If the Rebels were to um, win out and then, you know, basically make it to the conference championship finals, so that would be 22 wins, that would be uh, two wins in the Mountain West Conference tournaments, they would be on the right side of the bubble, meaning they would be have, have a good chance of getting into the NCAA tournament. So 22 wins would be, you know, best case scenario. Obviously, if they got 23 wins, that would mean that they won the Mountain West Conference tournament and then they would get an auto bid. So... Yeah, the NCAA is a long shot. Um, it's going to take some some serious victories and some guts from the guys. Uh, but it's not impossible like it has been in years past. And as DJ Thomas continues to improve his level of play, uh, you never know. Uh, I went over in my article, uh, Aztec Breakdown, a San Diego State fan article, uh, did a pretty good job of breaking down how well each seed has performed in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Uh, for example, the one seed has never not made the semifinal. Um, the two seed makes the semifinal 90% of the time. The three seed makes the semifinal 60% of the time. Uh, and the four and the five make the semifinal 50% of the time. Um, there has never been a three seed that has been in the 20 plus year uh, history of the Mountain West. There's never been a three seed that has been a tournament champion in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Uh, the four and the five seed each have, based on the history, a 10% chance of winning the conference tournament, whereas the one and two seed both have an equal 40% chance. So what this tells you, and if you're, you know, if you're a six through 11 seed, no six through 11 seed has ever even made the final. Um, <laughs> so that kind of tells you like how important seeding is in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Uh, you're not going to win it unless you have a good seed. Uh, and you're certainly not even going to win games in it unless you have a good seed. And so, yeah, you know, it's it, it's kind of tough. 
um, but it's not impossible. So uh, the more likely scenario, and coming into the year, I said that the Web Rules, in order to have a successful year, had to make at least the NIT. Right now, NIT bracketology, uh, through several sites, the Rebels are appearing on NIT lists uh, as a team that can make the NIT. Finish strong in the year, uh, get to 20 wins, so two wins out of our last three, and then one win in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. I think 20 wins is probably the barrier for the NIT. Uh, no less than 19, obviously, but if you want to make the NIT, which I think would be a good year, and the Rebels may have a chance to do pretty well in that tournament, I think 20 wins is going to be just about the bare minimum. So yeah, those are the Rebels' postseason chances. Uh, once we get an actual bracket for the Mountain West Conference Tournament and see how the guys perform down the stretch against uh, San Jose, San Diego State, I will definitely do a, a, a pre-game podcast for San Diego State and a post-game podcast for San Jose. You're going to be hearing lots of me over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, that's kind of how things are shaping up right now. All right, Rebel fans, so let's get you out of here. I like to keep these uh, relatively short just so you can go about enjoying your day and just get a little bit of a Rebel fix uh, on the off days uh, between games. So my name is Jason Kelly. This is the Let's Run podcast, and I hope you have a wonderful weekend.